his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. What is going on, Bakers? Welcome back to Wake and Jake, myself, King BBD, and we had a fantastic sports weekend, and I thought we were going to have a slightly crazier Sunday, but still a fantastic sports Sunday, London game, BBD's Giants, hello. People are talking about them in a good light in the first time since forever, since Eli Daniel Jones, I don't, I don't even know. Um, thought there was going to be three MLB game three elimination games. There was only one that took place last night in Flushing. And we are going to start there, uh, cause the Mets season ended in this episode, uh, podcast app, you get the whole thing, YouTube. I think we're going to be Eargate and football, and then we'll do a little baseball series DS preview. Um, Eargate. <laughs> John Boy did the breakdown. I always tell you to go to check those out. Um, let's walk ourselves through it. Eargate, Joe Musgrove, big game. Guy kind of has big ears. I think that's okay to say. Um, Joe Musgrove has been electric lately. You're watching the game. The Mets are getting dominated. They're down 4 nothing. What are we doing? Buck Showalter comes out to start the inning, and I, you know, would was on the live stream. I was like, oh boy, Buck's trying to do something here. Everyone starts looking at Musgrove, and they're like, are they gonna? Are they really gonna? And then David Cohn on the broadcast, who uh, loves pitching, towing the slab with David Cohn, check that out, says that Joe Musgrove's spin rate has been up across the board, not just like one pitch, not... Not seemingly something fluky that maybe a playoff atmosphere could could muster. They go out and they check him. They're looking at Joe Musgrove. They grab the glove. You know, if you've seen any baseball video in history of an umpire checking a pitcher, that's what it looks like. They check the glove. The pitcher's kind of doing shruggy stuff. And then he rubs his ears, which watching the game on low volume, I mean, we were kind of, we were laughing. We, we thought the ear thing was a joke. We assume that Joe Musgrove normally has kind of glowing ears. Like he, we assumed he just sort of like gets sweaty up sweaty there. Sweaty ear guy. I don't know. Uh, because, and this unfortunately starts to derail the argument, uh, would be if there could be a worse spot to hide the stuff you're cheating with. I think your inner earlobes in a playoff game when there's a ton of cameras would be the worst spot maybe ever. It's like extra close-up shots. That like the only worst one is Pineda with the pine tar. Like up here. Drenching his skin. neck. I mean, the neck and the ears are cousins. People forget that. Um... They come out, they look at Musgrove. I think 
Maybe it was playoff adrenaline. Maybe it's something else we'll find out in many ears. We were wondering if it was red hot. McCutcheon tweeted out that it was definitely red hot. Uh, and then a bunch of pitchers and people started chiming in that it definitely wasn't red hot. Um, Joe Musgrove is not cheating. Joe Musgrove has been pitching really good lately. And the Mets... On the other side of this, and okay, so things are getting messy, right? I saw someone did that, uh, the meme of the clown who gets progressively paints its face, (laughs) and it was, you know, let's win the series versus Atlanta. Okay, let's win one game versus Atlanta. Okay, let's win the wild card at home. And then the final clown picture was, well, there's always next year. Which was some deep cut, sad but true Mets stuff. Uh, when in fact, there's a couple things going on here and, and nobody really wants to hear it. Joe Musgrove has been fantastic coming into last night's game. His last 22 innings, he had given up one earned run. Um, including his postseason now, it's better than that. Uh, cause he shut down the Mets. He was attacking the zone. He was fearless. By the way, this was a guy... Remember the Pirates were trading him, and they had, they had already, like, moved Cole, and it was like, all right, Joe Musgrove is a, he's a pitcher, Seems but. He's talented. He's, but... he's a pitcher, but he's not like Garrett Cole. Like, we don't, no, no one should expect that. Garrett Cole is a rare breed, but, you know, it's like, let's, let's see what it's, how about Frankie the Yankee, Frankie Montas right now. It's like, let's see him outside of Pittsburgh, and, you know, the stuff's kind of there. He's been a stud, uh, and they locked him up to what is now a very team-friendly five-year, 100-mil deal. Because if he went to free agency, especially the way he's pitching now and after this year, he would have brought in a lot more than that. But he's a San Diego guy, so super cool for Joe Musgrove. Happy for him. Uh, And the Mets, Chris Bassett got hit a little bit early. uh, And they just, baseball gods were not with them on this day. I mean, Mark Canna. Drives a ball in the right center field that has a 25% catch probability, which I know that, you know, that means one out of four, right? It kind of doesn't. That means if you took all of the center fielders in MLB and they all had their run at it, like 25% of the time that gets caught. So some of the center fielders are never getting there. The elite center fielders have the chance to get there, and Trent Grisham is one of those guys. Uh, who, by the way, how's your series, Trent Grisham? Um, he tracks it down. There's a couple line drives right at Soto. Uh, that the Mets, they never got any momentum. They never got the juice going. And I was reading a lot of Mets stuff. And go check out Shea Station, uh, Jolly Olive, Jerry Blevins, two level-headed Mets fans. Um, Scherzer's definitely hurt. We'll find out what we hear about it. But, you know... Scherzer and DeGrom were supposed to be the bad dudes. DeGrom was. DeGrom was the bad dude. Max Scherzer was not. Um, and clearly, if you saw his last couple starts, Jerry Blevins and Peter Moylan instantly said it. John Smoltz was alluding it to it on the broadcast. I think pitchers know. Pitchers know pitchers. And Max Scherzer wasn't there. So, a brutal ending to this Mets season. 101 wins. I think it was only the fourth time in Mets history they won 100 games. So, in a I, way, I think first since '88, and it's like their second most wins ever uh, in a in a regular season. So it's, I mean, it's it's devastating. It's brutal, and for a Mets fan base that is used to being a punchline to a degree, I, devastating, devastating. Uh, and the other thing I was watching the 
the Mets post game, and man, uh, you know they were, you know, kind of one of the top two teams in baseball for like five months of this season, and to have it end, it's a bad feeling. They um interesting free agency coming up. Brandon Nimmo, their center fielder, leadoff guy, really nice stats. He is a free agent. Interested to see what that guy can pull in on the open market. It's gonna be a real number. Contended for some daisies all yeah. year. Center field people, not. I mean, he's probably gonna have to slide at some point. He's getting into his thirties, but still, that's what happens. Um, gets on base, which that age as well, and and uh, he's gonna get paid. Uh, and then it's a lot of their pitching. I did not realize. Uh, Degrom, he's obviously the big one that people have been talking about, and he is now he is now healthy, and he showed it going into his free agency. That is huge. Um, he is going to get a massive payday, and. Uh, <laughs> Mets fans hope it's from Uncle Steve, but there's going to be a lot of teams knocking. That's going to be interesting to see. Because guess what? Some of these nerdy analytic formulas, some of them see something like Jacob deGrom, and they're like, that's what we need to break the bank for. That is something different that we can't produce. We can find three eight ERA guys, whether it's molding them or calling them up or signing or trading. Jacob deGrom's, you can't replicate that. He's going to have so much money thrown at him. I believe our guy Tywin Walker is a free agent. Edwin Diaz had one of the best closing seasons ever. So the Mets pitching is going to be significantly retooled. That lineup's going to have a lot of the guys uh, you know. I mean, Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, they're going to be there, and you're going to build around that. Canna, Eddie Escobar. Um, so you're going to see a lot of familiar faces. Hopefully that Alvarez kid is the truth, and he gets some run next year. Uh, but, man, a- an absolutely crushing ending. For the New York Mets. Tough. Not to... We'll have all offseason to discuss it, but Diaz, his last three years going into free agency before 29. He's going to break the reliever record. Jeff Passan... Easily will break the reliever contract record. Jeff Passan said confidently he's going to get $100 million. Um, Which... For a volatile position, that is a risky proposition. That's not a shot at Edwin Diaz. I think he deserves it. Uh, the strikeout numbers are unreal. And he's young, healthy. Like, uh, But you can have a bad year as a reliever, like, kind of quick. He had, he's, I thought he had more bad on his baseball reference no. on a full-year basis. It's just the one. No, it was big bad. but it, it was the one and then where he screwed up, which is loosely used. He had a bad start to the next season, so everyone was just like, oh, this guy. But then he was lights out. I think the COVID year. Yeah, 2020. 2019. 2019 was the first year in New York. That was the big bad. That was bad. And then 2020, he started out slow, and it was COVID, and then he finished great. And then he's just been incredible. Gave up runs (laughs) in two of his first three, and then lights out the rest of the way. Braves re-signed Spencer Schrider because, um, of course, they did. Now, guys guys through 2026-2033, slash Kyle Wright, William Contreras, Ozzie Albies, Vaughn Grisham. Maybe he shouldn't be in there yet. I mean, he looks good, but Ronald Acuna Jr., Spencer Strider, who just got the extension, Matt Olson, Michael Harris, Deuce, and Austin Riley. The Braves core is set for a while. We are going to do... Uh, a little DS preview in a minute. Let's do some football quick, people, because um, this football weekend was fun. It starts in Thursday night with my Denver Broncos and the Colts. Ah! <laughs> that was me screaming not directly into the mic. Uh, 
as you, some of you may know. I'm a Broncos fan. Middle school picture, Terrell Davis jersey, every year. Was so excited for this season. The Broncos have had horrible quarterback play, and now snakes. Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. The crowd left. The Broncos. Denver is a Broncos town. I, Depending wherever you live or wherever you visited and you felt different cities, like St. Louis, even when the Rams were there, I think it was a Cardinals town. New York is a Yankees town. That's kind of the secret, um, and I hope it stays that way. Uh, people would love to find out if the Knicks ever had a great run, but yeah. it's a Yankees town there's, as of now. There's theories that if the Knicks ever gave him a reason to be oh. Knicks over anything else, it would happen. It'd be interesting. Try it out. Like, L.A. is a Lakers town. Like, sorry, the Dodgers can be... The Dodgers are incredible, and people still care about the Lakers more. Like, the Lakers are its own being. Um, I'm trying to think of other, other cities. Um, anyways, Denver. You know, the Rockies are the Rockies. It's a great stadium. They haven't had a ton of winning. Uh, even the Avalanche. It's a hockey town. Like, Denver loves hockey. Uh, the Broncos run Denver. It's like this bit of Americana that, uh, like, on a Broncos game day, the town turns orange. It's really cool. This Broncos team was so sad that in a 9-9 game into overtime, people were leaving, and I didn't blame them. I'm... You know, I understand fandom guy going online and being like, that's a tough look. And it is. It's a brutal watch. And we've also gotten in this weird habit that when there's a bad football game, people now love tweeting about it. I got caught in it. I'll be honest. But we love tweeting about a bad football game. And that was an awful football game. The Colts are now 2-2-1. Sheesh. Matt Ryan... (laughs) Looks awful. Jonathan Taylor didn't play in this game. Good for him. Um, Matt Ryan looked atrocious. Russ and the Broncos' offense uh, looked awful. Um, If you want a bright spot to just not be super negative, Alec Pierce, rookie wide receiver for the Colts, he looks good. Um, Number 14, he's got like really long arms. A couple of his catches were just straight bizarre. Um... Colts win, Broncos lose, they're th- two and three. They very well could be four and one if they had, like, any little bit of, like, pride or trust or coaching or leadership. Russell Wilson... If anything, was, like, one notch better. If you remember, Russell Wilson threw a ball into the end zone that got intercepted. If they had kicked a field goal there, they would have went up six in a game where a touchdown did not get scored. With like three minutes left, but Russ chucked one into the end zone for no reason. And then they had a pass to win it at the end. The famous Russ Super Bowl play, the interception, and the guy was wide open, but Russ wasn't even looking over there. So everyone got their screenshots off, which in the NFL is always unfair because these guys run crazy fast. The guy was open, KJ Hamler, and he slams his helmet. Nobody likes Russ right now. Nobody likes Nathaniel Hackett right now. And that's your coach and your quarterback. Things are disastrous in Denver. Um, and by the way, they traded everything for Russell Wilson. And like committed uh, how much in cap space? Money for and yeah. Which like that. I don't like know. Baseball, I don't get on people for contracts, but like just salary cap sports. So, that matters. So crazy. Um, Giants, Packers, uh, BBD's Giants. How about this in London? Um, 
you know, A, leading up to this game, we didn't know if Daniel Jones would play last time we recorded. And then the video came out, and he was, like, running around enough that you're like, okay, for a quarterback, you're going to yeah. play. Especially when the backup was for sure out. Right. Like, oh, oh Jones is yeah. going. Yeah, Jones will play. Um, Saquon looks good again. He had some Saquon runs where, you know, the juke stick was working. Which, again, we haven't really fully seen that from Saquon in a while. Like uh, it was it was his worst, like, statistical game of this year, but he had, like, two different plays in that that one up the sideline that was yeah. like, oh, that's the best move I've seen from him since his rookie year. Easily. Easily. Um, and then the Packers are dry, and Packers have a lead, and then they go kind of too pass-happy. They go Rodgers pass-happy offense. When when the Packers are great, I mean, it, Jones and uh, their running game is just punishing you. And obviously Rodgers does Rodgers stuff, but... Uh, when Jones and Dylan start going, that's when you're in the torture chamber. They're running on you. They're passing on you. There's nothing you could do. They got a little pass happy because I think they thought, you know, we're up on the Giants. They're not the best team. Giants put together two touchdown drives. They take a lead, 27 to 20. We get some funny business safety action at the end that's always fun in London. Um, it seems like Rodgers doesn't trust his receivers. He almost... So many of his targets were at Cobb and Lazard instead of the rookie. Uh, I think it's Dubs and Robert Tanyan gets in the mix. New York Giants, uh, basically with the worst wide receiver crew assembled. Darius Slayton, Richie James, David Sills. None of them were on your fantasy board this year. Um... And the Giants are winning games. They're 4-1. and one. That's as many wins as they had last year. Dayball is becoming a cult hero. Um, and good. Good for him. Uh, the Giants have been looking for any life for so long that uh, Dayball's energy is awesome for New York City, too. I mean, it's, it's kind of like an offensive Rex Ryan. Like, he's this beefy guy. He's going to Rangers games. He's yelling off the field. Like, New York loves that. Shit. And the bigger thing is New York loves winning. So the Giants are 4-1. and one. Making both good game plans and in-game adjustments. Yeah. Like like every facet of their coaching has been really good. Cause, and you look at the Rock, they're not the, a very talented team. No. Like on, the le- on an NFL level, especially that receiver room. and They're getting they're the most out of their happen. talent. Um, and yeah, some, uh, the part of my take guy said this, I'll, I'll tell you. They said, like, the Giants are a fun watch, which even in the Eli days, like, the Giants kind of weren't a fun watch. Like, the the Super Bowl years, those teams were had Plaxico, and they had running backs, and even, like, some of the cool tight ends that the Giants used to have. But, like, the Giants haven't been a fun watch since then. (laughs) In over a decade? Uh, You get one Odell play a week for... Oh, yeah. The Odell times were a little fun. They have... They have a path to some interesting records. Like, Ravens next week, okay, that'll yeah. be tough. But at Jags, at Seahawks, should be able to get at least one of those. Probably going to be favored in both. Like two. Uh, Texans, Lions, and then they have a run of division stuff that hopefully is important. Right, and the NFC Beast is actually looking good right now. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys, how about them? Bills rolled on the Steelers. This was my lock of the week in the John Boy Media. It was minus 14, and it should have been bigger, uh, but it's early in the NFL season, so you can't make spreads much bigger than that. 
they went 38 to 3. I mean, best team in the league versus I mean, you know, arguably one of the worst. Kenny Pickett, uh it's a rookie He's learning. This was just a disaster. And in Buffalo against uh like a defense that's a pin their ears back defense, like the the future and current NFL defenses are like we saw this with the Chiefs, you saw it with the Chargers or you saw it with the Rams and now you're seeing it with the Bills. To be this perfectly oiled machine, you have you have the elite offense, which they do. And then you have a defense that is insane at pass rushing. So when you take the lead, Von Miller and those guys get to pin their ears back and you're just in hell. And if you're Kenny Pickett, uh, this was an impossible ask. Browns, they lose another close game to the Chargers. They are, they're having Broncos syndrome. I got to text Chris Rose. Um, you know, they're driving at the end of this game. Brissett throws the interception uh, that seals it. Um, Chargers, a nice little road win. Again, these Browns are continuing to play close, good games. Chargers get a win. They're still missing a lot of their best players. Austin Eckler, 173 on the ground. That guy's, that guy's so good. Um, I keep thinking because he's little and he's bald, it's going to fade, but it doesn't. Um, Chargers win that. Vikings hold off the Bears. The Vikings are 4-1, and one, but they let the Bears back into this game, and the Bears were even driving, and they have a bad fumble that ends it. Um... Bears are pesky. I'm starting to buy a little bit of Justin Fields stock, which is surprising myself. Um, I'm, I don't want to say frauds like I'm that kind of guy. I don't think the Vikings are as good as their record shows. They got the Packers on the first week, which is now clearly, A, this Packers team doesn't look incredible, but also that first week of the season, they looked so, so bad, and they did that last year too. Um, they barely beat the Saints. They barely beat the Lions. They got rolled on by the Eagles. Uh, they go at Miami. Maybe that'll be my lock next week, um, depending what the number there is. Cardinals, Commanders, then Bills, Cowboys. I don't know. Um, Obviously, very small sample, but just 3-0 at home, which is a formula if you take care of business at home and you know games on the road. Yeah. I, we'll I, see where that number lands, but a thing I, I think I'm going to be looking at with them moving forward. I don't want to be a hater, but I, I kind of am, and I mean – like I have, I have Dalvin Cook and Madison in any fantasy league. So in a way, I believe them. Um, but they, uh, I, I think they're a team. Like I don't think this is a team that like postseason comes around and it's like, hey, you know, eleven win team. Maybe they can make that run. Like no, I I think when they run into, I think when they run into other good teams, I think they're going to be destroyed. Um, but let's see, let's see, Justin Jefferson. How open that guy gets sometimes is mind-boggling. He's really good. Patriots rolled over my Lions 29 to nothing. I told you the Lions would go down big early. I didn't think it would stay the whole way. And by the way, Zappy Mania is starting to sweep over New England fans. Let's see it against a team that's not the Detroit Lions. But if Bailey Zappy, if that's a name we're going to be saying for the next decade, fire me up. Patriots win at home over the line, so I'm not going to. But 29 nothing. you think Belichick can't still coach a little bit? Um, everyone does. St. Seahawks, I gave this a firm don't watch. Uh, this was an electric game. Uh, went full, like, college football game at the end. Kenneth Walker. The kid running loose. Taysom Hill, nine carries for 112 and three touchdowns. What? What? Joe's kids. Tyler Lockett, 
was looking like Tyler Lockett catching deep balls, just being open from Geno Smith. Uh, it looked like the Seahawks had a chance to steal this and become the three and two Seahawks. Nope. Saints do enough at the end. They win 39 to 32. Again, this game was crazy down the stretch. Actually, a lot of fun. So I'm sorry I put them down. Both two and three teams that do nothing for me. Like, I guess here's what I'm saying about the Vikings. I think they're better than the Saints and the Seahawks. But I have the Vikings closer to Saints Seahawks than I have to Chiefs Bills. I guess I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um Dolphins, Jets, uh, Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 three and two. They win and they put up a 40 spot. What felt like it was going to be a magical Jets-Mets day. But Jets put up a big number. Brees Hall, uh, a guy that looked like a fantasy football trap this year. Rookie running back on the Jets that's going to be splitting carries with Michael Carter. To talk yourself into that is kind of a death sentence in fantasy. That's normally a guy that doesn't do well. 97 yards and a touchdown on the ground. 100 yards receiving. Two catches. The long was 79. Uh, So that's how you get there. But a huge game from Brees Hall. Zach Wilson does enough. 14 of 21. Zero touchdowns, zero ints. That's funny to say sometimes. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out of this game. And Skyla Thompson, I'll be honest with you, not hyper familiar with. Your seventh round pick out of K-State starts for the Dolphins. So, you know, before we start going Looney Tunes over these Jets, they beat Skyler Thompson's football team, the seventh round pick. Um, Hey, Jets handled their business at home. They have a winning record. It's going to be mid-October and the Jets have a winning record. Good for Coach Sala. Again, think about how bad it would have been if they didn't come back on that Browns game that they had no business coming back on. And now they're 3-2. and two, And Tech Wilson fever's happening. Sala fever's happening. Football in New York is not miserable for the first time in a long time. Um, I love when those stats come out that it's always like, the, the, Jet, the Jets, Giants, and Mets haven't won a playoff game on the same day since... 1882. It's like, that's, that's not right. But um, happy for Jets fans. Sorry how your night ended because a lot of you are Mets fans. And Dolphins, I mean, you're, you just watch Skylar Thompson. Like you're, Dolphins are down to three and two. I know it was tough on the Dolphins. I was tough on Tua. I'm, I'm not going to blame this game on them for that. And we'll see when Tua or Teddy comes back. Cause they've, they've had stuff happen to their quarter. Right. Game, so, right. I'm, uh, I'm not taking credit for that. Uh, good on the jets bucks end up surviving the Falcons. They were up 21, nothing for most of this game. And then NFL magic kicks in and the Falcons make it scary down the stretch. Um, I think this was just a case of a NFL team falling asleep a little bit with a big lead because it ended up not mattering. They still won 21 to 15. I think Tom Brady is like 11 and 0 against the Falcons. That always weirds me out with the NFL because like the players change a lot. Like Tom Brady's, you know, Tom Brady beat the Falcons in 06 and we're still like, well, he's 11 and 0 against the Falcons. Like there's not a single guy still connected to that. But it's kind of fun. I don't know. Some people like different domes. It's kind of like, it's kind of the equivalent of a pitcher saying they like a mound. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of that, but 
otherwise. Uh, Leonard Fournette, still good. Um, and a key cog to that Tampa Bay team. He has a big day. Titans outlast the Commanders in D.C. The Commanders drop to 1-4. and four. Yikes. Uh, King Henry does it on the ground. Ugly game. Remember the Titans were about ready to die. They were 0-2. They're 3-2. and Good for Coach Rabel. Good for the Titans. They get their season back on track. You went from a team that looks like could be done. Like, if you go to 0-3, you're almost toast in football. They're 3-2. and They've been the kings of that division. I think they may remain the kings of that division, especially because the Jaguars, a team I started to drink the Kool-Aid. Trevor Lawrence, my fantasy quarterback this year. He's going to rack up points. He'll run a little bit. He's going to throw enough. They lose at home to the Texans, the last winless team in the NFL. Uh, Damian Pierce, good for that kid. I was skeptical coming into the season, kind of like what I said with Brees Hall. I was like, wait, Texans running back, fourth-round pick. They're going to be losing in every game. This kid's not going to happen. He happened today. Texans win 1-3-1. and one. Um, Lovey Smith coaching the lads up in Jaguars. What is he doing, baby? Um, and that's why you're still the Jaguars. I can't, I can't talk about you in a different light until you prove you're not. Um, you know, even if you were the Jets or if you just won this game and you were 3-2, and two, I'd say, okay, okay. This was a game you couldn't lose and you lost. So I'm, I was trying to drink Jaguars Kool-Aid. I'm kind of fully out unless we see Trevor Lawrence really start to show something in consecutive weeks. 49ers rolled on the Panthers. Panthers, I've thrown out a couple potential worst teams in the NFL. Could be them. Again, Have if DraftKings has the bet, I'd have Matt Rule as first coach to lose their gig this year. Niners are starting to find it. I mean, this is their formula. Jimmy G, Jeff Wilson Jr. on the ground for a buck 20. They're so cool when they're up at the end of the game and you know they're running and they can still beat you. I think that's what makes the Niners and Shanahan special. Not a lot of teams can do that. Going back to the Packers, they should do that. They didn't do that against the Giants. Um, Panthers are bad. Sir Purr, that's their mascot. Cowboys, Rams. Uh, how about this one? The Rams lose to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. How about them in L.A.? Cowboys go to 4-1. and one. Cooper Rush is undefeated. So that's fun. Um, Tony Pollard. Is really good and explosive. He has eight carries for 86. Meanwhile, Zeke, 22 for 78. Here comes the battering ram. Um, I mean, Cooper Rush's line is super unimpressive. 10 for 16. 106 yards. Uh, but they hold off this Rams team. You know, they, they held the lead throughout. They push it to a two-score game. And that's kind of it. And yeah, Stafford and the Rams... They have not been pretty this year. And, I mean, Cooper Cup's doing it. Allen Robinson, yo. That was a guy who was beloved in fantasy circles. And if he gets out of Chicago, watch out. He has done nothing for that team. Uh, the Rams. Winning a Super Bowl and coming back is really hard. And they are showing it this year. Cowboys with their backup quarterback on the road? Mike McCarthy? Um, I don't know. Start really worried for Rams fans. If they win this game, if they won this game, we would have said, okay, you know, back at home, three and two. Things are starting to get going. Opposite of that. Speaking of opposite of that, Eagles Cardinals. I was 
This game had two paths for me. It was going to be Cardinals and Kyler were going to ball out. I talked about this a little bit. I thought Kyler could rise up to the moment. Or they were going to lose by 40 points. I didn't know the middle area. Cardinals <coughs> kind of balled out and gave him a game. <coughs> it uh, was 17-17. Eagles kick a field goal to go up 20-17. to Cardinals are driving. Kyler looks kind of good. He had a couple explosive runs in this game. They drive down. Kyler on third down. He's got the lane. He does the QB slide. And we always, we see this a couple times every year. The QB slide, the ball gets marked where the slide starts. So Kyler slid and went down clear past the line, but where the slide started was before the line. So then it's fourth and one, and they just need the field goal to tie, and the kid misses it. Um, Amendola, I believe, which is always funny because we always think of Danny Amendola, but Matt Amendola... (laughs) Misses the field goal at the end of the game. Eagles go to 5-0. and uh, Cardinals had a real opportunity to put a signature win on the board. They rose up for this game, and they gave them hell. Um, you've heard me kind of want to write the Cardinals off. I, we do a lot of schedule talking here because it's important. They lost to the Chiefs first weekend. No shame in that. Chiefs are really good. They beat the Raiders. All right, whatever. Raiders are a team. They lost to the Rams. Eh, not great, but, you know, Rams. They beat the Panthers, sure, bad team. They lost to the Eagles close. So, your three losses so far can end up looking okay. And you have Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Seahawks, and then the Rams again. So, you can win of your next one, two, three, four, four games. You can win three of those pretty easily and and have some Cardinals, you know, momentum. A little worried about this team. They'd love to get DeAndre Hopkins back. He's so crucial. I'm, I've been worried about this team, and I wonder if this leads into a little more of a Cardinals hangover, that if they lose to the Seahawks or something, this thing could come unraveled really quickly. Your night game, we're watching it while we're watching the Mets a little bit. Ravens, Bengals, AFC, Norris, football. Uh, Ravens, I, just at the end. Joe Burrow makes the drive. Uh to take the lead 17 to 16. Ravens kicked a very soft field goal. They had a fourth and one deep in their own end. They kick it to go up six, which is like, eh, does that do much for you? Now when Joe Burrow drives down the field and they take a lead, but they left too much time for Lamar and gang. They kicked the field goal 19 to 17. Liking both of these teams more and more. Um, Ravens, I've talked to you about their losses. I, I think they slept through one, and then they lost a close game to the Bengals that they also just... Kind of screwed the pooch on that at the end. Um, Their later season schedule clears up that I think the Ravens will get hot. And the Bengals are starting to figure it out too. Um, All they did was score a little too early. They go Saints, Falcons, Browns, Panthers, Steelers, Titans. One, two, three, four, five, six. Four, five wins there, I think. Uh, Still like them. I think they're picking up steam going into the season. So, that was your football weekend tonight. Chiefs Raiders, last night without uh, baseball uh, for a little bit. So, enjoy that one. That should be high scoring, fun. A lot of Chiefs games are normally fun. And Raiders, again, still back against the wall, hoping to get back into the season. Bad team to try to do it against.
All right. Let's do a little division series preview. We got through the first ever wildcard weekend. Um, and it was fun. I, I think we wanted one or one or two more do or die games would have been fantastic. It didn't happen. Uh, so we were left with the Mets and watching them die a slow, painful death. Ugh, that was tough. That was mm. tough. Uh, but it sets up the MLB Divisional Series. And it looks fun. I mean, uh, on the American League side, we have the Astros and the Mariners and the Guardians and the Yankees and the NL, Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, Braves. Let's start out in the American League. Uh, Astros, Mariners. I was dreading this coming into the playoffs. Um, and I'll tell you why. The Astros dominated the Mariners, and they have. Um, this season, I think it was 14-5 and five or 15-4. and four. Like, they, they dominated the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners have been dominated by them for more than this season, right? Like, the Astros have been a powerhouse since 2016. The Mariners had the longest playoff drought uh, in baseball that just finished. So, they're the new Mariners, right? They're the kids, but that's where this year is so important, and they still got dominated by the Astros. I'm excited for this series. I could be totally wrong. I'm st- I picked the Astros. I'm still picking the Astros. I love what the Mariners have going on right now. Winning those two games in, the- in Toronto, not going to game three. Technically, you save Logan Gilbert, who, in a way, maybe not not a true one in a playoff series, especially when you're going to probably see Verlander on the other side. He's not a true one, but he's a young pitcher who's really good and can give you five, six, seven inning start. Maybe not seven. Maybe it's playoff baseball. Look what's seen been it yet. look what's been going on with the pitching. Uh, the pitching is dominated uh, early on, as you'd expect in the playoffs. Um, I think this Mariners team, and we saw it a little bit on Saturday, and I officially am naming Wild Card Saturday House Money Day because if you win that first game, you get to play with house money. And when you go down 8-1 to Toronto in Toronto in what was supposed to be the most evenly matched series, you get to play with house money and take some good at-bats and put together some big swings and mess around and see what happens. And when you're a playoff team... That if you go down seven, you're not free. You're not scared by that. That matters. Because when you go down three, and you're a team like Tampa or the Guardians who didn't hit at all, that three feels like ten runs. Seattle, who's not a powerhouse hitting team, I mean they've got solid bats up and down the lineup. Julio's their stud. He didn't really participate in game two. Uh, got hit by pitch earlier in the series. I think the Mariners are going to be pesky and more so I'm excited for what this means for the Mariners and for the Blue Jays. I did that rant on Talking Baseball. I think the Mariners are going to give them hell. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's six games and, you know, the Mariners have two nice wins and they're, they're battling in the other games. I think the Mariners are going to give them hell. I really like their bullpen. They have a top three of their rotation that's a lot of fun with uh, Castillo and Robbie Ray's been getting hit around a little bit. That's the only, that's what's stopping me from going to the next level. I think if Robbie Ray was pitching well and I was like, damn, like Castillo, Ray, and 
Gilbert are going to give you games this series. There's still too much in the air, and guess what's going to happen on the Houston side? I think Altuve's not going to hit a back-breaking homer. I think Kyle Tucker's not going to get involved. I think Jordan Alvarez isn't the best young hitter in baseball. Like, Houston's still going to hit Houston. Their pitching's going to be really good. Um, and I think they're going to win this season ha- series handily. I would lean... Um, it's not a seven-game series. It's a five-game series. Um, I would lean... How about I'll go five games? Which I didn't, I didn't think was even a possibility. Um, I think the, this Mariners team has the juice right now. Like that clinching, clinching their first ever playoff thing. And that celebration. And the good people of Seattle going nuts. They weren't promised a home playoff game. And they played themselves into one. That place is going to go bananas. Altuve home run. <laughs> Altuve leadoff home run. <laughs> can you bet that at DraftKings? Um, speaking of DraftKings, you can bet that. You can also go check out any of their NFL action. Uh, new customers, you can bet $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Uh, they have their same game parlays that are a ton of fun. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code JOHNBOY. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, Astros at five. I think they actually get pushed, which I did not. Coming into this playoffs, if you told me the Mariners advanced, I'd, I would have been closer to betting sweep. But watching that big comeback, knowing that they're going to get a road playoff game, at least one. Man, if they can get two which you either got to steal one in Houston or win that third game. I think they're gonna. I mean, right now, I think Luis Castillo, he'd be the game two starter. I guess it depends what they so. do. They, a lot of these teams haven't announced stuff yet because that's just baseball in 2022, which is kind of a problem. I, I think the Mariners have said Castillo. For game, game two? two? I mean, part of it, part of me would very much love him in game three. At home, that feels like a win. Um, but I think he's lined up for game two, so whatever. I won't complain about that. Yankees, Guardians, uh, if you want to hear a lot about that, go check out Talking Yanks. And if you want deeper dives, uh, me and Ploofy and BBD are doing that in a little bit on Talking Baseball. This is just, you know, from the moon looking at this. Uh, the kids, the Guardians, they come into this. They survive Tampa. They beat Tampa. But it wasn't a good Tampa team. This series, I will say, has big potential for the flip the script element I've been talking about. Garrett Cole versus either a a short rest Shane Bieber, which has never happened before, so I don't think that's going to happen, or a Guardians third or fourth starter between Savali and Plesak. Have they I, announced? I think they said Quantrill's game. Quantrill, one. excuse me. Um, who, I mean, Quantrill had a nice year. He's not a big strikeout guy. I mean, I think this is his first playoff game. So Off let's stay right after. You could see him flip into that pen pretty early. Yeah. Uh, versus Garrett Cole, who was paid $300 million to pitch in games like this. Um, so, uh, and Cal Quantrill, excuse me, he pitched in the 2020 wildcard game against the Yankees for 0.1 innings uh, and gave up a walk. 
I think he was the last out of the game, like a sad out. Anyways, anyways, uh, I think it's a short series. Anything can happen in baseball. Look at the three gamers that just happened. The Yankees are the better team. Something about the vibe on the streets. Call this New York bullshit. Um, this Yankees team put us through the gambit this year. August was one of the worst months and worst baseball we've seen a Yankees team play. Um, they are more talented than this Guardians roster. That's not how baseball always works. I love the Yankees starting pitching. I think they have more talent. Judge is Judge. He's got the biggest fear factor a player has probably ever had going into a playoff series. It looked like Stanton has been corrected. You're going to believe in Rizzo in October. Um, the Guardians have Jose Ramirez. They have a lot of young, talented guys. You, you know, Oscar Gonzalez with the walk-off. He's going to be feeling pretty good. Steven Kwan, like one of those guys is going to go off. Jimenez, like I'm sure of it. That's how baseball works. And Jose Ramirez is, you know, as big of a threat as someone not named Judge currently going into the playoffs. Like you can't pitch to that guy. He would. They have. Altuve, Judge, Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Ramirez is one of the very, very best players. And they have a ton of dudes who I I think are going to just be. Tests to have to pitch to. Something will click for them, and you'll have to deal with that. I um, I don't, I don't think the Yankees are going to sweep. I think they're going to have a chance, and that would get people nuts. Um, I think the Guardians are going to win Game Two or Three. This whole thing could be flipped on his head instantly because, like I said, if they steal Game One, which Cole has been giving up the Gopher Ball. And home runs win in playoff games. We've seen all the stats now, and that's everyone's new baseball pickup line. If they steal game one, and Yankees have to sit on that because there's an off day after, that is going to be brutal. Brutal. So, um, for for all these higher seeds that had the bye through the wild card, it's like you have to win game one or else with the way the off days went, like you're, you've lost your you've advantage. lost everything you've lost everything because yeah, now those teams have their one and two coming back coming back and they already took a home game from you so yeah i mean game one at the stadium it's gonna be rowdy we're gonna have it covered we're streaming with chris rose you know joe's will be at the stadium it's uh it's gonna be a good time excited excited to see how all that goes um yankees are a better team um Cleveland, I'm not going to get Bolton board. I don't care, actually. Um, the Yankees are a better team. They won, baseball. They won a lot of games. They won a lot of games. Um, they could have won a lot more. Um, let's see what goes on with Matt Carpenter. Let's go. Yeah, funny business. National League, the biggest surprise. I don't know if that's phrasing it right. How about the Phillies? How about the Phillies being in this thing? Playing strong defense. Um, you know, Phillies have become kind of a joke on that level. They will kick off the games on Tuesday. Phillies at Braves. You know that Braves stadium is going to be raucous. Um, good for them. Good for them. They've got a serious shot to repeat. They just locked up Spencer Strider before the series. Why not? You know, we were wondering if he was going to participate because he's been hurt. I don't know what it means. I have no idea. Um, but that's fun that they just operate this way. And by the way, root for Atlanta. 
Because the next time your team is building up a young core, you hope this happens. You should want this to work for Atlanta because when your team calls up six guys that are studs, you want them to resign them. Make sense? Yeah. Teams look to the teams that are doing well as the example. Sports are about copycat. Hopefully this works for Atlanta. Uh, hopefully the Phils give them hell. Uh, the Phillies, we've said it for two years now. It seems like they are built for the playoffs. They have dudes in the lineup. Schwarbo, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, Bohm. I think he gets included. Castellanos. Even Mean Gene Segura towards the bottom of the lineup. That's a guy you don't like seeing at the at the plate. Pest. In a playoff series. He is a pest. Um, and then Wheeler. Nola and Ranger Suarez, who they didn't use because they won in two games in St. Louis. Talk about a, that flip that I keep talking about. If they steal game one from Atlanta, and now you got Nola Wheeler lined up, I mean, you could be looking at 2-1 Phillies lead. Um, on the Atlanta side, Max Freed has game one. And yeah. You like that. Some good lefty Atlanta. action there. Left, lefty, lefty. First one of those is postseason. Like the Braves, I said it on last night's live stream. They don't have a weakness. Here's their lineup. Acuna, Swanson, Michael Harris, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Darno, Ozuna, Rosario, Orlando Garcia is filling in for what would be Ozzy Albies, who's normally a goddamn stud. Uh, Vaughn Grissom and William Contreras, not mentioned in that. Not mentioned in that. Neither Robbie Grossman. Trade deadline piece. Um... Here's their rotation. Max Freed, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton. If you need them, you got Odorizzi and Bryce Elder flirting around. But they, guess what? They don't need them. In the bullpen, Kenley, Reisel, Minter, McHugh, Matzik, Dylan Lee, Jesse Chavez. We love him for the Braves. Their bullpen is better than Phillies. Phillies rotation, they have an argument. Nolan Wheeler at the top, sure. Let's even give them that. Offense and defense, it's Atlanta too. Um, and that's the thing you'll find out when you compare the Braves to a lot of other teams. They almost always have the advantage. Um, it seems like it's lining up Braves-Dodgers. It seems like it's lining up Houston and the Yankees. Sometimes sports does work that way. Other times it does not. Um, I'm taking the Braves. I'm hoping the Phillies have a little devil magic right now. They stole one from the Jaws of Defeat from St. Louis that they kind of had no business winning. They're going to feel like they're in every game. Their defense held up that first series. Keep making the plays. Keep pitching. Um, I might take them in game one. No, I love Max Freed. Yeah. Brave sweep. Um, I don't think I believe in that. I don't think I believe in ah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, these divisional games are throwing me off a little bit. Yeah. You play a game, a team 19 times. You know their relievers. You know their starters. You know how to pitch to their big guys in the lineup. That's where dude factor comes in, and I know that sounds a little lame, me saying dude factor. That doesn't do it for me. Uh, but the Bryce Harpers, the guys that, guess what? You can know everything about them, and it doesn't matter. Aaron Nolan Wheeler, the way they're pitching. But the Braves have the same dudes. Um, Austin Riley deserves to be talked about as a dude. Matt Olsen got crazy hot coming in the playoffs. He's not going to be scared. Um, let's see what Michael Harris, too, is about in the playoffs. Money Mike. 
Um, and none of these Braves pitchers are going to be freaked out. They just won a World Series. Um, interested to see. Interested to see if there's a little, what I was just saying with the Rams. Are they going to lose a game at home? Could they go down in this series 1-2 to Philly? I don't think so. I think the Braves are really, really good. I say I don't think so. It's baseball. That's the beauty of it. John Sterling. Jay Sterling calls. Listen to it or don't. Might freak you out if you have no idea what you're getting into. The last series, Dodgers-Padres. Again, divisional. East Coast and West Coast. We just saw the Padres. We just saw what they did to the Mets. They have a winning formula. Um, they may be the team. Do they get the most screwed by the wild card? Because they're back-to-back games one and two. Yeah. Yeah, the NL has a more traditional... Yeah, the, the NLs get hurt more by, the, by having their wild They have to go east up. to west. Their strength is their three starting pitchers, and they used all three. Yeah, they've done. They went the distance. Um, like yeah, they pitch. They play tomorrow night, which means can you use Darvish? Is he lined up? It looks like Saturday, it's very Sunday, expected. Monday. It's going to be Clevenger. Yeah, I guess it would be Clevenger, and then you go Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Clevenger. Game one and five. We'll see how important that is. They're a team. Steal one at home, and then you have Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove lined up. They're playing the Dodgers, who were the best team in baseball this year. Talk about big brother, little brother. This is what I was mentioning out west, Astros and Mariners before. I still very much believe in the big brothers. I think the big brothers are the bigger team, better teams. And I think when you have a big brother, little brother situation, the little brother has to be more talented and then still prove it against the big brother. Um. You know, like, like that's normally the situation. I do love for the Padres, Josh Bell, who had been kind of tough for them. He had a very nice uh, couple games with the Met against the Mets. Trent Grisham, playoff baseball changes instantly. Those guys are currently big time threats, and they weren't, which changes the whole San Diego dynamic because their their lineup was a weakness, it really was. They were missing Tatis bad. Uh. Drury had slowed down. Bell had slowed down. Grisham had never heated up. <sighs> Josh Hader in the back end didn't really get used a lot. I'm trying to think who I believe in more, Seattle or San Diego. I believe in Seattle more, uh, which I'm surprised about. But going through that Padres wild card, East Coast, West Coast, getting used up. And who the Dodgers are, I mean, this first round just feels like firm handshakes for them. Like, this is what we are built for. Um, Kershaw, Urias, Anderson, and Gonsolin floating around. That lineup is just so deep and constant. Um, I wouldn't want to be Mike Clevenger in game one. Tell you that much. Um, Like I said before, it is lining up. For Dodgers, Braves, it is lining up for Houston and the Yankees. This sounds dumb. I'm very much rooting for that. I think they are the four best teams in baseball. Baseball rarely works out that way. 
And probably next week on Waken Jake, I'll be telling you it didn't go that way, and that'll be fine. Whether it is the Guardians or the Mariners or the Padres or the Phillies, because we love a good playoff run. That's what it's all about. You got to believe in that in sports. I don't know. This year feels a little different. Um, I think the elite teams have been elite almost all year. Like, Braves got off to a little bit of a slow start. Yankees had their bad month. Otherwise, these teams have been factories. Braves won the World Series. Started kind of slow, not even. Mets just got off to a better start. Caught them, ate them up, stacked. Dodgers, one of the best regular seasons we've ever seen. Gone to the World Series half of the last six years or something like that. Stacked. Houston. ALCS has gone through Houston the last six years. Stacked. New York Yankees. Feels like they're the one almost caveat, but they're the New York Yankees. Their rotation is better than it's been going into a playoff series. Their lineup, they have a guy who just had the best offensive season ever, and they probably are playing, I don't want to say the weakest team left in the playoffs because that feels like smack talk, but... The Guardians are very young. It's very new to them. The least expectations coming into the year. Maybe they use that as a strength. Maybe Tito and the boys come out with their hair on fire. Um, I don't know. This year, more than ever, it feels like those top four teams are going to be there. Um, I'm flip-flopping from what I said before. If I had to pick one of the underdogs, I'd go San Diego. And I kind of hate it. But I love I love their pitching, and they just need a little bit from their lineup. Soto and Machado, man. Never mind if a Bell or a Grisham or whoever else chips in. Soto and Machado, every two innings or so, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, Bakers. You guys are the best. Last time we hopped on right after Judge, it is 62nd home run. So that was pretty cool. One of the bigger eps in a while. Uh, thank you, guys. A lot of nice words, a lot of confusing words. Um, Mike J said, if Jake ever has to leave JM, he stays in our life somehow. Never stop talking sports, my man. I, I think we're good. I think we're good. I'm uh I'm pretty invested in this bad boy. So we'll we'll be here. Um but there were some nice words under that. Um which I now realizing I'm not going to read cuz that would just be patting myself on the back. Um Let's see. I was there live. I also got it on video live talking about the home run. Casey Fensky. Awesome night. Yeah, that's forever. And know what I do love? Talking about Judge having the best offensive season ever and what does it mean and, you know, the OPS plus and the only guy season who's even rival him are named Ruth and Williams. My guy Metaphoria chimed in and said, league average was 280 when Ruth hit 60 homers and batted 360. Nice, man. <laughs> Is Babe Ruth your grandpa? What was that? Why does that get you so excited? Babe Ruth was awesome. <laughs> I don't want to take away from the Babe. But he also faced the same starting pitcher. Like, every game for four at-bats. 
instead of two at-bats and then a guy that throws 100 out of the bullpen. So there's different scopes here. Just different expectations. I'm super happy for Babe Ruth and your love for the Babe. Um, People love this episode. I mean, the timing was perfect of it. So thank you guys so much. Keep baking the algorithm. Up to 719 subs. Pretty cool. Um, And a ton of views last time. So for now... Go check out everything on John Boy Media. We're doing deep dives on each DS series on Talking Baseball. We're live streaming the Yankees game tomorrow. Yankees Guardians with Chris Rose. Uh, Farm to fame, pinstripe strong, Chase Station. If you're trying to get in your feelings a little bit. I don't know. So you Chris Rose is previewing the playoffs? Though? Who'd Chris Rose preview the playoffs? Though? Austin Riley. Oh, that's right. Young Thick. Young Thick later today at the time we're recording. Young Thick and Old Thick. Uh, talking Giants. I mean, if there's ever a time to tune in, go check out those boys. John Boy Jake TV. GeoGuessr got guys. I think we got some funny business. Everything on John Boy Media. Pinstripe Strange. Talking Yanks. Huge week, people. We'll see you back Wednesday. We'll see what has changed and what we know by then. Exciting stuff. Thank you. Make it. Love.